TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 454, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Yusun, and I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast in Los Angeles. Hi, this is Greg, TV enthusiast, uh, coming to you from St. Louis. Hey, this is Peter. Um, I write for Why So Blue and uh, TV enthusiast living in Hollywood. This is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University. All right, let's start off with the news. Uh, first, I have that Greenleaf, uh, which is on Oprah's own network, will end at season five. Lincoln Lawyer, uh, which is now no longer going forward on CBS, so it's, I don't know if that's canceled, because it hasn't actually started. Uh, and then Jessica Seinfeld, who is the producer of Breeders, is set to make an animated children's series called Downtown Sprouts. HBO Max uh, has bought a new romantic comedy called Beth and Sam, and Insecure has been renewed for season five. And Tom, you have news. I have a little news. ABC will air an eight-episode Bachelor event series this summer, revisiting pivotal moments of the series. Oh joy! Yeah. Amazon has ah. set a first. Amazon has set a first look deal with Stephen Yoon, who voices the lead in the animated series Invincible, which is upcoming. Disney Plus is going to celebrate Star Wars Day, as in May the 4th, by dropping Rise of Skywalker early. They're going to air, or they're going to drop the Clone Wars series finale a few days early. And, of course, the Disney Gallery, the Mandalorian docuseries, which was already scheduled to drop. So, nice. may the 4th be with you. Cool. <laughs> and wow. finally, Netflix yanked an episode of Designated Survivor in Turkey because of the the episode has a villainous, fictitious Turkish president, and they got pressure from the uh, authorities there. Ooh. Wow! All right, uh, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Westworld, and I have to say this was probably the most disappointing episode of Westworld, which is really sad because it was it's the penultimate, the finales tonight, and mm-hmm. this episode did stuff that should have been like episode two or three like it's really strange we get all this backstory now on caleb and it's at the point where i don't really care like i I want the story to be moving leaps and bounds instead of being weird flashbacks and almost none of the information in the flashbacks was new it was like almost everything in the flashback i could have guessed already so i was really not that impressed i mean there was the cool fight between mave and dolores but that was pretty much it anybody else thoughts this season just seems a little off yeah it's uneven yeah yeah it's it's uneven and the structure because we have these episodes earlier in the season that focus on a single character and then they start throwing them all in the mix and then we i don't know it just seems like it needed to be in the oven a little bit longer to bake yeah. Any if other? you stuck the toothpick in, there would be some batter on 
but the fight was awesome. The, the fight, fight was, was awesome. fantastic. It was a really good fight. <laughs> and basically, it went the way I thought, which I was like, Maeve is going to win that fight. I mean, Dolores is single-minded and tough and everything, but she's not, her skill is not hand-to-hand combat. That's not what nope. she does. So I was like, okay, it's going to be a fight between Maeve and, I was like, uh, Maeve is going to win. Like, that's not, that wasn't even close to me. And I'm glad that they made it to where Dolores went into the fight 100% assuming she was going to lose. And the fight was awesome, but only because both of them cheated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Anybody else? Chime in, please. Somebody? Um, yeah, no, no, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I was, um, I was really surprised that this is supposed to be the penultimate episode and it didn't really seem like, it didn't seem like, you know, things were coming to a close. Uh, I can't really tell that, you know, there's like some sort of end to the story. And then, I mean, yeah, the fight scene was really cool, you know, but we've been waiting all season for this like Maeve Dolores showdown. And then we finally get the Maeve Dolores showdown and to me, it only seemed like it lasted like a hot five seconds before she hits the EMP and then knocks I, everything out. To be out. fair, it, it like, did last a little longer than that. It was a pretty decent it device. Did? Yeah. Okay. It was okay. it was because I mean, yeah. if you think about it, it started indoors, then they ended up outside where the helicopters were shooting at them, and then they ended up back indoors for her to hit the button. So it wasn't a quick fight. Okay. Okay. You say so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I think overall we were all. I mean, I don't even feel like yeah, even I, talking about the flashback is worth it because no, you know, there was nothing. There was nothing new or interesting that happened in the flashback. So I'm just kind of wondering how are they or going they, to? I mean, is this? Does, does anyone have a sense of what tonight's episode is going to feel like? Is it going to feel like a season finale? No, or is I it feel just like gonna, it's going to be like a cliffhanger. I feel like it's going to end meh. in the middle of the story because we're nowhere near the end. Which is weird because I feel like every season has felt complete. And well, I, each season had each season has had a title, right? So and, and it felt this, like it told a story, and this this is not. This is very much feels like, oh, we really needed the double number of episodes to tell the one complete story. So I feel like with this season and next season, it will probably be a complete story, but it's definitely not going to be tonight. Unless we get back in the park at the end of this season and, you know, season four plays out in the park. Which I doubt. Because she started so much chaos in the real world. This is true. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Killing Eve. And, uh, wow, this episode was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really liked that. Oh, Greg, you were talking to me earlier. Please give me a description of Villeneuve when she wanted to get her fragrance made. Oh, that was totally awesome. When she comes into the fragrance guy and she's like, I want to smell like a Roman centurion. Uh, After the battle in my theory. Like right after battle. (laughs) But then my arch nemesis like comes down. I mean, this whole like description of like power and then the and then the fragrance guy's like so what woody then? <laughs> maybe some leather awesome. in there like it was so funny her description went on for like 10 minutes and the guy was just bewildered the more she talked um but it worked because she like 
surprises uh she surprises Eve and is like smell me. <laughs> oh man, their relationship is so twisted and I I love it. I absolutely love it. Um and then oh but there was that great moment where oh what's the boss? What's the boss's name? Who lost her son? Help me out. Oh, I I can't remember her name. Well, the MI6 uh, boss Caroline? Caroline, Caroline? Yeah, yeah, that... Caroline. Yeah, yeah, Caroline. Yeah, so there's that moment where Villeneuve is following them, pretending to be a cop, and she shows up and and Eva's like, oh my god, she's gonna kill Caroline, and she tries to call. Her. I was like, text her, text her. I hate when they do this in these movies where the person they call and they like ignore call, and I was like, text her. Um, and then she texted her. I was like, oh thank god. But then by the time she texts her, she looks at the text, and Villeneuve is like right in the window, and she's like, son of a. And I did genuinely believe that Caroline was gonna be dead. Like, I th- I really thought they killed her for a second. Yeah, and I don't know why. Why did, you know, shoot through the front window to get no, the no, guy? No, no, but, no, but she wasn't, like, she wasn't oh, the target. No, 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 that's the whole point. She wasn't the target. If, if, if Caroline was the target, she would have been dead. The target right, was... that was the thing. If the, if the accountant was the target, why not shoot in the back window? Oh, she did. Was, she not... That was all just to mislead the audience. Yes, it was. But it was also to screw with Caroline because she knew Caroline. So she was trying to screw with her too. So it was a combination of hitting, killing the guy she wanted to kill, plus screwing with Caroline because she can't help herself. That's Villeneuve. That's what she does. So it was partially to screw with the audience, but I think it was partially to screw with her too. So I was okay with that. Uh, but it was great. Like all, and then that bunny with the recording. I love that she recorded her message to Eve like ten thousand times, and each message was different and weird and more creepy and then when she finally sends her the the bear it's just even more creepy than i thought and and she sits there and listens to it over and over again i was like oh my goodness they are great and i like how they started off the episode where you know she she kills like i guess i guess she's in italy i i assume she was in italy at the beginning of the episode and she kills uh she's supposed to be tuning a piano and she kills the oh, woman right and then she kills the nanny but then she takes the baby, and then no, she's having lunch. No, but that was not, la- that was not this week's episode. That was last week's episode. She took what, the baby what? last week. Oh, she put the baby in the trash can last week? Yeah, that was last week. This oh, week, she was just what? screwing around with the toys. I watched two episodes at the same time. Up, up, it's merging together. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was weird with her and her fascination. And then when she was in bed with her old handler, she was like, what was I like as a baby? And you could tell he was lying. Um, but her fascination with babies and people's connection to babies, I'm not sure where that's going, but it's super creepy. Mm. Ah. Yeah, but thumbs up. I really like this episode of Killing Eve. It was great. Uh, and of course, uh, we finally got the two main characters to kiss. So that was, uh, Yay, my shipper heart. Uh, I don't know why I shipped them. They're a very unhealthy couple, <laughs> but I do. All right, next up, we're going to talk about uh, The Rookie. So, uh, Peter, you haven't talked yet. At first, I was, at first, I, I, off podcast, I told Libya that it's always a little weird to me that even though I love, I like 911 and I like Rookie, I always have to remember that these are almost like, 
you know, LAPD, uh, FPD approved shows because it's like, so you have a portion where Nolan and, um, I forgot the other character's name, um, basically have to ship, um, kids that they're basically going to kind of like scare them straight. They're like, you know, kids who've done some crimes and you want to show them that it's not really good to be a criminal. And of course, like, that's a good message. Like, of course that is and everything, but like in reality, like there's a scene at the gas station where like no they stop and then Nolan is like oh do you guys want some food or you know or whatever and it's like the re- the reality of how i think most of us perceive um you know LA cops or or New York cops and i'm not saying they're all bad of course not um but you know i think that if you are a teen and, and you might be growing up in not maybe not a great neighborhood you probably do fear and not trust police officers. But because this is the rookie and it's Nathan Fillion and I like these characters, I am very much like, oh, those teens need to straighten up, you know? (laughs) But it's like, it's a weird, it just, it's a weird disconnect from reality where I'm just like, "Eh." however, that being said, there's a scene where one of the characters, he was a good student and then his brother went to jail and now he, he kind of sees him in jail. And then, and of course the older brother is like, don't be a fool like me and everything. I mean, it's cheesy, but bah, I liked it. You know, I, I enjoy that stuff. I, I think I have very low expectations for reality or like grittiness right. or, right. you know, you know. So, I mean, I agree with everything that you said, um, but that's kind of why I watch the show. I mean, it's it's not NYPD or right. or um, I don't, any other heralded cop show. It doesn't deal with deep emotional issues. It's mostly surface. There's two or three storylines. There's jokes, a lot of charisma, characters I care about. Um, I, uh, most of the time the, you know, the, the, the theme of the week, one or two of them, um, is, you know, not particularly compelling or new or interesting in terms of the cop world, the cop verse, but I still watch the show and I kind of like that. It's reminds me a little bit of castle, you know, it's, it's motivated mostly by uh, yeah, exactly. You know, he, he, you know, he's a good guy. He cracks jokes. You know, he slides by on personality. And, you know, if you're into his looks, his looks, um, you know, and then I think the show, though, is much more even in terms of the distribution of characters and and plot and stuff rather than Castle. I mean, they did try to give the sidekicks more stories as the seasons went on. But I will just say that um, this episode, you know, tried to be a little bit grittier. Um, but, uh, and there was a little bit of tension. In fact, like when there was rioting and there was bloodshed and fighting, I thought, Ooh, gosh, are they going to take a turn for something super gritty? And I was like, Nope, they're not. <laughs> and that's okay. It's the you know, just, nah, it's fine. So I, I'll just finish by saying that, um, uh, you, uh, were talking about how you're totally not into the ship with the doctor. And I think that they're not either. Because apparently she's oh, yeah, they broke going them up. back yeah. to her husband. Yeah, she's going back. And I laughed because I thought, well, Livia's going to be happy about this. <laughs> so um, I think the audience probably didn't. We're probably on your boat as well. I just, I didn't really. Yeah, their chemistry I like wasn't the there. Their chemistry wasn't there. And I bet you the writers were. I mean, I know this is written months, weeks, and or weeks, and, you know, in advance, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes they can change things up. I have a friend who, you know, they shoot 
four to six weeks out, but she's on a show and they, they can change it. It's not like yeah. they don't, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't know, but so I'm not, I'm not broken up about that either. Um, so yeah, but I, I watch the show every week and it, it, it's, I'm never disappointed. It's just fun. And, uh, yeah, I'll watch it this week was good. All right. Oh, can uh, I only say that, okay. that, um, while I agree that I don't think, I don't think Fillion and Ali Larder had a lot of chemistry. It is a little frustrating for me though, that like, I like Ali Larder as an actress and I like her character. And I also liked, um, is it Sarah Sahi? Is that yeah. her character? Sarah Sahi. Yeah. Too. And it feels like we lose these characters because Nolan's not going to be with them. And I was like, well, I like these characters. <laughs> so it's kind of frustrating. Cause I was like, well, well actually, I, like I actually like Sarah Sahi's character a lot more. Yeah. She was yeah. like this She's FBI. Awesome. Like she was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Too. Like, so that's just kind of a bummer because that's, the, that's the design of their characters. And so it's like, oh, I guess they're gone now. Like, so yeah. All right, well, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Roswell, New Mexico, because some reason Tom still likes the show. <laughs> you sound raising her hand I'm in the not corner. the only one. You sound like the two. Yeah. Right, go ahead. Why ever do you like? Well, don't tell me why you like the show. Let's just talk about the news newest, newest episode because that's I don't want to go on rant. I so thought it was quickly. interesting that I mean, even though the dynamics of the mother, uh, Liz and Rose's mother coming back were kind of predictable, it was interesting to find out you know that she's very charming but still a hot mess and totally bad for everybody. And, yeah. The, um, you know, the, the, the big secret or so, or so, or so Liz thought was that Rosa was not, uh, the father's biological child, that she was Kyle's half sister and the father already knew. And I liked that. The, I liked that they made that choice yeah, because he I... chose, he chose to, to treat Rosa as if, and raise her as his own, even though he knew the truth because the mom was, not a per- good person. <laughs> Any other thoughts, uh, Yusuf? Oh yeah, sure. Um, I will say this: I um, we haven't have we talked about the show uh, yeah, on we, the. We talked about it like two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. But we haven't really kept up with all the episodes. So uh, to go to, you know, to talk about this most recent episode, but forgive me if I, if I blend in last week's only because I don't remember. I saw, I, I binged them all just to kind of catch up. Um, <laughs> the, the, the show, the, the show, you know, is up and down for me and it's, and you know, it's not a great, great show, but I think in the last few episodes, it's gotten even better. And um, you know, it's expanded. I wondered what they were going to do after the first season, but now it's expanded um, like like Tom said, going back into the history of the family and the mom and all that other stuff. Um, and then also, uh, le- I mean, this is a big deal, right? Uh, Max is back, you know? And I thought they handled that really well in terms of... I'm glad uh, they took their time. Yes. Instead that's, of rushing it back. Yes. That, you know, I really liked that. Um, and also, you know, they did the, you know, um, medical drama thing where like, oh, he's dead. We lost him. Wait, we didn't lose him. Oh, we did lose him. No, he's back. You know what I mean? Like, he, that was, I laughed because I thought, oh, you got me. No, they, oh, what? What's happening? 
Um, so, and it was funny because during the middle of that scene, I reached for my phone to like look at IMDb to be like, did he get cast in something else? I was like, is he going to really die in this scene or what? Um, so, and it was very dramatic, which is fun for the show. And um, he's a pretty face. I don't mean to minimize no, him. he's not. not. No, no, listen. I did not like him at all on the originals. He's better on this show. He no, is. Maybe because he dyed really. his hair. No, maybe because he dyed his hair, but they made his hair like dark, dark brown. And I laughed at it this last episode because I kept looking at him. And I was like, did I like him this much on, on the originals? I just what think What color this was character- his hair in the originals? It was brown. Like, brown, but like more of a lighter brown. Just not a little really. bit lighter. It's quite dark in them. It's quite it's dark in them. I'll send, you a, I'll send you a screenshot. But anyway. anyway no, he's Maybe he's split differently. But anyway, the point is, I do like that they took their time bringing him back but i mean they needed to because i missed the to me the the show you know is grounded in their in their relationship i think they have excellent chemistry ah. he's nice to look at she's fun to watch uh, she's also very pretty but my point is it's not a great show but uh, last point is that it's also pivoting around the whole um much wider the, with the flashbacks was really interesting and you're learning about her family you're learning about the aliens like what happened to them when they first landed why were the kids separated who blah 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 i like that i like when they expand the universe and there's a there's a whole mystery there the whole like you know how much do we know about the aliens and blah blah blah? So I, I think that, it's a good one. And that threesome for, um, from a couple of weeks ago blew my mind. It's like, holy oh my gosh, holy we do C-W. have to mention that. We have to mention that. Yes, Tom. Yes, I when I was I said this off off podcast when I was watching it. I was eating dinner and I it I was like I knew immediately where they were going though. The three of them were like commiserating and they were in that trailer and I thought, oh no, they're not gonna. Are they gonna? No, they're not. And then I put my fork down as the scene kept going, and I thought, they are, they're gonna. And I thought, that's pretty risque, a full-on speedway. Yes, yes, on CW. So that was interesting. Yeah, wrap it up, wrap it up. Yeah, so anyway, I for you know for people who like the show, I feel like it's a decent season. I feel like it's gotten better and stronger, and I'm going to continue watching. Um, Me too. Yeah, more power to you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, we're going to talk about how to get away with murder. And uh, Greg said that the show has jumped the shark. And I said, well, we only have three episodes left, so it really can't jump the shark. It's more it's not sticking the landing is really what the Oh, this show jumped the shark seasons ago. Well, I mean, that's what I was like. If you're going to say it jumped the shark, that would have been a while ago. Now we're coming up on the the series finale so I'm like, you're just saying it's not sticking the landing is really what you're saying. No, 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 no. It was, it's one thing to like go, oh, okay, well, we've never hinted at this at all before. That is so let's true. let's now go into, oh, well, it's really um, um, uh, Annalise's husband was really sexually abused by his sister when they were growing up, and that's why he was such a good psychologist or psychiatrist. I can't remember which one he is. Um, well, not just that. Why... It was just like that's why he knew how to use and abuse him, her and Bonnie. But I was afraid for a second that they were going with – because they were like, oh, the sister had a baby her senior year in high school. And they were like, who's the baby? Who was born in March? And, and then they cut to Bonnie, and I was like, oh, my God. Does that mean he slept with his daughter? And then they were like, oh, no, uh, no, no. Because that's literally the cut. They were like, who was born in March? Yeah. And it was like, cut to Bonnie. And I was like, 
And uh, yeah. they're like, no. And then Annalise goes, Frank was born in March. I'm like, oh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> like, well, it feels like somebody just watched the last season of Game of Thrones and was like, what plot points from Game of Thrones can we add to this show? And they was like, we haven't done incest yet. And I was just like, what? Yeah. It just came completely Not only out incest, of but like, secret baby? Really? Like, And yeah. she jumped from the sister having mono. She was like, why was the sister out of, out of school for so long? Oh, she had mono. The doctor said, it's confirmed. Here are the records. She's like, like oh, I no, bet she they were lying. She had a baby. And I was like, what? How do you jump from someone having mono to she must have had a secret baby? Like, that was insanity. The logic leaps that were required for that were pretty big. And and I was like, what does it gain us to now find out that Frank was actually Sam's son? What What, what is that? How, how right. does that change the story, help the story? What is it going to do as we go to the yeah. end? Yeah, because Sam is dead. It doesn't really matter anymore. You well, know? other than the new kid, whatever that kid's name is that nobody learned, the, the fake poor man's uh, Wes... I can't remember yeah. the name. That makes yeah, them so brothers. I guess they, they can be brothers yeah, or something. I was like, they can make them brothers, but who cares? Nobody likes that, that dude anyway. Either. Yeah, it's like, whatever. Like I can't yeah, figure so... out the point of why they did that big reveal. No. Uh, no, and I, and that actually, the only where thing are they going with this? I don't there's know. There's only, what, three episodes left, right? Right, right. I don't know yeah, where they're so going. What, what is the point? I don't know. Like I said, somebody binge watched too much Game of Thrones before they wrote this episode. Um, but yeah, that was not a great episode. This is not my favorite. All right, now, I'm just looking forward to them. I'm just looking forward to them wrapping up because I'm sure that Annalise is going to come out like, you know, not guilty or whatever. She'll be able to, you know, figure out a way to get out of it or something. And then I don't, I don't know whatever those flashbacks are where they're staging her death or. Is she really going to die? We don't know. But just, oh, they just need to hurry up. <laughs> well, let's move on. Uh, I don't think we were giving that a thumbs up. Uh, let's move on. Next up, we're going to watch. We're going to talk about Motherland, Fort Salem. And this is the first week where I'm, well, not the first week. But for the last couple weeks, we've been giving it negative reviews. But this one was actually pretty good. It was a good balance of lovey-dovey, teenage kissery stuff with actual plot moving forward in action. And I was like, oh, okay, I like it. The story moved forward, and that little girl was creepy when she sang. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, when she sang to the the general, she's like, I will teach you my songs. And she starts singing, and it gets discordant, and it feels weird. And I was like, something's about to go wrong. It's like, you better be careful. And she just, like, withered all the plants and like really hurt her and was like uh yeah you're not worthy of our songs i was like oh that was really good yeah she's clearly like a leader the older brother like defers to her you know what i mean and when they first yeah, but woke I actually, her up i actually think she got taken over i think that whatever that because remember oh, uh, right. was like something went wrong we didn't save yeah. her 
because the mist like went away. It didn't right. go into her. She was like, "Oh, I always take in a little bit of the illness or whatever." Right. Yeah. No. I. I. Um. I really enjoyed this episode. I feel like if this had been episode four of the series, you know what I mean? Like we're building, we're building. If if last week's episode with the wedding and was it the wedding last no, week's episode? No, the wedding episode? was not last week. It was a bo- another boring episode. Was last week. Oh, jeez. See, so that's my point. You know what I mean? If these last three episodes were put into two episodes and they were episodes three and four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, the show would be great. First two for exposition, get us to care about the char- character in the story and then give us some good stuff. Episode three and four. So I don't know what number we're on, but like at seven. The wedding, so I- actually the, the highlight of the fighting of the wedding was actually good. It just took us forever to get there. No, that's what I said. Yeah. If they combined four, four, five, six, and seven, the last three episodes, turn them into two episodes, put them at three and four. We've been saying the same thing all season long. The pacing is weird. It's slow. It's uneven. Um, Let's let's concentrate on this one. No, no, I was just going to say, but, you know, episode seven to me kind of was the payoff. You know, there was even that interest between the little girl's older brother Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the bellwether girl. Abigail. She, Abigail. She, um, it surprised me a little bit. I mean, it seemed a little bit forced, but I liked the contrast and the push and pull. They were arguing, but then they would kind of come back around. And then he showed her that really cool, you know, cloaking uh, spell that, right. you know, he has. And so, yeah, there was a lot going on. There were a lot of different stories. Um, the oof, the redhead, you know, the girl w- with the boyfriend who's who's um, fiancéed yeah. up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, there's that story. Then, of course, there's the spree with the healer. So, I mean, they went everywhere with this with this episode. Like, four or five different things they showed us that there was a... There yeah, was the a plot ten- definitely moved. Oh, and I yeah. love during the training, she got all upset because the girl got in her face and she knocked everyone out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was great. Oh, and last thing, I loved... Um, Again, why didn't they do this sooner? I loved when they all jumped out of the helicopter like oh, Navy right. SEAL. You know? yeah. That was great. And, you know, they were they were legitimately nervous. It was shot really coolly. It, it like, reminded me of the scene from um, Star Trek, the n- reboot. You know, when they jump out and they're all, like, diving headfirst with the, right. you know, whatever. Um, it was shot really well. I mean, it was, I don't know if it was CGI or not. It looked CGI, but but not terribly. And it was exciting. And and we got to see them like, and the last thought I will say is as they were running with their packs towards the helos or whatever, um, I thought to myself again, what a great concept. I really love the idea of witches as a militarized force. It's really something new, uh, you know, and they and they were doing it really well in this last episode. I really wished that they had started that sooner, but I can't not like the show because I like the concept so much. And I feel like it's finally moving forward. And we only have one more episode left, which stinks because, uh, you know, Eight, if they gave us eight, nine, and ten, then I feel like now we've got going. You know what I mean? But now we've got like one episode left. So I don't know what they're going to do. And it's going to be a serious cliffhanger. And I'm going to be seriously upset. <laughs> but I mean, I'm going to watch it. I, it. If they can nail eight, I will definitely be interested in watching season two. That's where I'm at. All right, Greg? Yeah, and I I, I like the story and I like where they're going with it. I like the the concept of the fact that there are, they've established now, because I, I was kind of thinking that the the witches who go through the military training are probably the most powerful ones out there. But now there's apparently this this kind of pacifist sect of witches out there that are really powerful 
that have powers that even the military doesn't have, and they're just kind of out there just kind of living their lives, or I guess the way they hinted is that they're being persecuted by something or someone um, for uh, for their power. But uh, uh, I like that they introduced that. Um, the only thing that, that's, that's got me wondering, and, and I guess maybe it's just part of this universe or not, but I guess as I was kind of trying to understand everything that was going on, I was kind of saying, okay, these are younger witches. They're going to military school so that they can learn how to be military witches. And so by the end of the episode, when they're like, we're deploying you in the field, I'm like, no, no, what? no, 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 Wait, no, 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 you misunderstand. They're not deploying. This is their final test to see if they can go to war college. It's they're not deploying them in the field in a real combat oh, situation. Okay, so okay, so I, I okay, so then I um I I drew two and two together, right? Or or one and one. I don't know. So when they finally figured out from what's her name's memories, the 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 um, the the spree that they captured. It, yeah, they're not when, deploying them against the spree. Oh, see, that's what I thought because they I were like, "Oh, track. we figured out I where agree. they are. They're in a yeah. heavily dense, populated area, surrounded by people." And they're like, "Yeah, that's how they do." And then they're like, "We're deploying you in the field." I'm like, "Are you serious? You're, well, you're yeah. deploying? Well, if they are deploying, right if, if, if that what's going on? If they are deploying them, it's going to be as cover as the real team goes in against the spree. But they very explicitly said that it's like their final week." of basic this is they they said as they were going to the helicopters they were like this is your final test your team fails or uh wins based on this test and then we'll determine whether or not you guys go to war college and i also oh. thought that it was a it distraction was i did it, think was it, was, it was a little bit but i also thought it was a good distraction because the girl was like it was a nightmare it was real it was a nightmare i have to find her and they wanted her to not sit and think about it. And so yeah. that's why I think they moved up their city drop so that they're not thinking, so that she doesn't have a chance to try to figure out whether or not that was a dream. Um, okay. But yeah, I think, go ahead. Now I, I want to go on record and say, I think it's, uh, I think that that girl, um, you know, the healer, the blonde healer, I can't remember any of their names. Um, I think it's, she's going to turn out to have ties to the like indigenous witches in the like plains somewhere because that you know i feel like her healing oh, her. ability is right the yeah way, the way she learned how to do it is so different yeah. than what they learned yeah, yeah. i can see that it's like old world right. and, and kind of you know in native american native oh and then population. they broke out another language like the mother tongue like everybody i was like what the heck is this and now we have another language i want what where's this come from but anyway i have yeah. so many questions all right. yeah. But I like and it. The, I like that they're giving us questions and they're opening up things and more languages and stuff. So I, I mean, that all made the episode great. Yeah, I agree. Yes, and the and the whatever little bit of rubber cement she has stuck on the end of her finger that she doesn't know about. Oh, I know, that too. Yeah, six or seven going on in that episode, like six or seven things. Ugh, yeah. I wish this it it came sooner. But whatever. Like I said, if eight is good enough, I will be in for season two. All right. Well, let's move on. Next up. Uh, we're going to talk about Parks and Rec something, Tom? What? Special! Okay, go ahead. The Parks and Rec special, which okay. started with a cold opening starring everybody's favorite guy next door, Paul Rudd, reprising his character from Parks and Rec. <laughs> was this done like a Zoom session? Yes, it was a, uh, um, a mammoth Zoom session 
But to their credit, it worked in terms of, you know, advancing the storyline and, you know, giving us, you know, all the regulars came back, plus a lot of the recurring characters came back. So it was it, it was just great to see see everybody again. It was done as a benefit to raise money for uh, charity. And they had the number at the bottom of the screen multiple times during the session. But uh, I hope everybody doesn't try to do this unless it's something that really the, the, the multi-screen format can work well. But because this is a show about about government, I mean, granted, we started in Pawnee, Indiana, but at the end of the series, uh, Ben's character, uh, Adam Scott's character, becomes a congressman. So they had a reason to keep him, you know, for him and Leslie to be physically distanced, as the same with uh, Rashida Jones and Rob Lowe's characters, who also got married before the end of the series. But she, her character is a nurse, so they explain she's taking care of patients. She's basically taking care of outpatient stuff while other people are on the front lines. So, but it was cool, and it was there were some fun laughs. Chris Pratt's character locks himself in the garage and can't get out. <laughs> that seems about right. The right pace. <laughs> so it, it was just, you know, how how they handled it was very clever and just a lot of fun. What'd you think, Peter? How many, I, I totally agree. How many I, thought, I love, I love that. Um, I love that. Uh, <laughs> basically they're doing this thing where, even though technically you could all you could all FaceTime together or whatever, they're doing this thing where it's all a handoff. So it's like Leslie Nope is like, oh, um, you know, uh, talking to Tom and be like, oh, Tom, I need you to talk to, you know, give Gary a, a call. And of course, nobody wants to talk to Gary. Talk to Gary. Yeah. <laughs> so Parks and Rec. It's like, oh, that's great. You know, that it's like, it's like, oh, uh, you can talk to Gary. So they're like, handing, like that. I thought that was really funny. I thought, and of course, it's just and, nice. and when Gary shows up, he's got those filters on, <laughs> right? And I also love, of course, Ron Swanson, his line about like I've been social distancing since I was four years old. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, no, I thought it it worked pretty well. I I totally agree, and I thought the I thought the production value was like pretty solid, like considering how this was done and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I love that show and. I miss, you know, it just makes me miss the characters, but it was great to catch up with everybody. Um, I don't really have any criticism. And you're right, and it is, it's a pretty cool idea because at the bottom of the screen you can donate and stuff. So, it, and because the show is about government and everything, it works, it works really well. I don't know if other big sitcoms we love could do it, but I mean, if they have a concept and stuff and it works like this one did, I'm all for it. I, I want to ask a quick question. I, I've never watched Parks and Recs. It sounds like you guys loved it. I mean, mm -hmm. sell me on it really quickly. <laughs> Is it worth me starting? I'm start looking for season, a comedy. Start in season two. Season one, there's only five episodes, but they hadn't found their way. And they had the wrong male lead. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because oh, that's why yeah. I started it. I mean, I started it, you know, when it first came on, and I couldn't make no, it. No, 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 no. So just skip no. it. I can it and I don't care it won't matter you can skip season one and another funny thing another funny thing they did with season two is from the start they realized hey this is about a small city government so let's play with some real life issues so the first issue that first the season two premiere is called penguin wedding and so Leslie's gonna go she makes this big deal about this penguin wedding but it turns out there are two male penguins 
<laughs> and it becomes oh, this right. huge thing. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Oh, like, so throughout the series, throughout the series, yeah, throughout this, I mean, yeah, because she's put on the spot. She, right. she she came up with the idea just because she thought it would be cute, but when it turns out that it's two two male penguins, then everybody's up in arms, and then uh, you know. <laughs> and, okay. and another I'll thing, it, for a show that was a, for a show that was originally developed as Untitled Office spinoff, fortunately, cooler heads prevailed that it, there was no connection with the Office, and Leslie's character, unlike Michael Scott's, she's relentlessly positive, and that was right. such a Right, uh, such a great choice to make creatively, and so fitting also um, with uh, why am I blanking the actor's name? Love her, um, Tina Fey's bestie. Uh, oh come on! Uh, oh, Amy Poehler. There Amy Poehler. But let's we got guys. Yeah. We got to wrap this up. We got to wrap this up. Thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs All right. Up. All right. Next up, we're gonna talk about Home Before Dark. Um, and. Greg, are you the only one that watched that with me? Or was anybody else watching? I saw the first two, and then last week I was about halfway done with three, but I'm sorry, I, I haven't gone back. How far are you? Uh, me and Greg both finished it. Oh, is it good? Without spoiling, is it, is it, is it resolved well? <laughs> you say, does it resolve? <laughs> does it resolve? Well, so here's the thing. It, there's two <laughs> cases. There are two murders that happen, and there's a cold case, and then there's... Wait, there's not... No, there's one case. Wait, what? There's two. There's the, the woman that had the... Um, there's the woman that had the gar- garage sale. That's the case. But then there's the case of what the dad was like, my best friend. Well, back in that's there. the cold... That's right, the cold so I said, it's, there's two cases. There's the one that happens with the garage, and then there's the one that happened when the dad... It's the cold case, where, where the dad was involved when he was a kid. And so the little girl goes out and tries to solve both of them. She solves the one with the the garage sale lady pretty quickly, like in the first four episodes, I'd say. She solves that case, which is really cool. And then it takes a lot longer to solve the cold case, which makes sense because it's a cold case. Um, and uh, it's addictive. Like you finish an episode and you're like, it gets to the end, and you're like, son of a bitch, yeah. So then you have to hit play on the next episode. They do a really good job of pacing and um, leaving cliffhangers. And then you get to the end of the show, and technically speaking, they kind of solve that case. They do 90% solve that case, except it still manages to end on a cliffhanger. So where I was texting Greg in the middle of the night, yelling, No! Like that. So... Uh, I was Greg, getting text one thirty in the morning. I said in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you say? Um, what did you think? Well, yeah, I thought it was an entertaining show. You know, I, I'm the one who probably, you know, I, I get probably evil looks at people because I always go, I hate when they have a child as the, you know, main lead of a show. You know, mainly because I already know that the show can't last too many seasons because the kid's going to grow up. Right. You know, I mean, we saw that in lost that, that went horribly wrong. Um, so, so I'm always like leery to watch that, but, um, I think the, the actress, um, you know, who plays, I think she does a a fantastic job. Um, she's, you know, extremely believable in, you know, just her, you know, steadfastness and tenacity to, 
you, you know, in, in what her dad really had, you know, has taught her uh, from going out to all of these uh, crime scenes um, in New York. But, you know, there's just some things in the story that, that you know, I'm like throwing things, you know, like, like the dad, of course, you know, the frustrating things like the dad doesn't really open up very much about, you know, the history and what history he's had in the town, which doesn't make a lot of sense because he just moved his family back there. And, it, and if he's got a bunch of baggage, he should probably let his family know. But then he doesn't. And then he's trying to, like, protect his daughter from everything. And then he has the nerve to say, oh, well, I didn't want you to see the tape because I didn't want you to know how cruel the world is. And I'm like. You took her to crime scenes in New York City. <laughs> How in the world could you think that you were going to try to protect her? Well, obviously, from the world? you know that's not the real answer. The real answer is he didn't want her to see him in the middle of stuff like that. To know that he was kind of a victim. I think that's really what the issue. It had nothing to do with protecting her from the cruel world. He was protecting himself. Yeah, really. and and they are they are by far the worst parents imaginable because their kids yeah. just do whatever they want. And no one apparently, if they if they skip school, if they break into places, well, uh, no matter what, they, was crazy, no one ever I, apparently gets in trouble for anything that they do. I texted Greg at one point where the little girl actually goes missing, and I was like, "Oh my god, she's gone missing!" And then I was like, "Well, to be honest, it's actually surprising she hasn't gone missing before." <laughs> yeah, yeah, because she's she's I mean, literally investigating murders, questioning people she thinks are murderers. And she, uh, half the time she does it like by herself. And I was kind of like, how, how is, is this okay? How is she not murdered somewhere in a pit? So when she actually does go missing, I was like, oh, this kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) But it was good. But the story, I have to say the story, I mean, we're saying these things that sound negative, but the story is super well done. The the storyline works. The actors are really good, and it's really a compelling story. It is really good. Yeah. So I, I just want to make sure. Let's I, let's be clear. It's very compelling, yeah. and I thoroughly enjoy it. It is very good. You just you know you you just kind of go, oh my gosh, you know, yeah, you know, in a town where they've already had one missing child, why are you letting your child go everywhere unattended? I was to just like, fair, the parents, last missing child ever. was. The, the, the last missing child was 30 years ago. So it's not like that just happened. So, but yes. And his his legit freak out when his daughter is missing does make sense why he freaked out as, you know, as widely as he did. So all of that worked for me. But I did start screaming at the screen when, you know, the show ended. I was like, what? because they do solve it i mean i can't even be mad and be like you didn't solve the case they totally solved the case but they still ended on a cliffhanger well yeah i mean they've got to do something for season two Uh, i would imagine there's going to be a season two but yeah well basically where they left it there better be well i actually looked up the true story just just so you know um no well the cases are not necessarily the true part of the true story the girl herself is the true story so a lot of a lot of the events that they have the girl go through really happened to her and they aged her down a little bit like in our in the show she's nine or ten and in real life she was 11 or 12 so they they aged her down made her a little younger and i think mainly to be played by the actress that they picked 
more than anything else. Um, so the, 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 the parts where she's on the table reading the bad comments and stuff that people said, like that really happened. Um, some other, you know, and she's actually the youngest that the real girl is the youngest person in history to ever be inducted into the journalist society of America or something. And, uh, she is currently working for a, she self, she published her own paper all the way through junior high, high school. And before, I think even before she graduated high school, she was actually part of a real legit paper. So yeah, she's, she's pretty awesome. But I think the cases, I think they made the cases up. Oh, okay. So that's how they, they're going to be able to have a show that lasts more than, you know, one or two seasons. If this was, if the cases were like true stories, you know, and, and we're just going to get a continuation of this, uh, solving this case in season two. I mean, I would imagine that they're done after that, unless they come up. Well, that's what I said. I think, I think based on what I read about her, I don't think she actually, she invests, she did investigative journalism, but I don't think she solved the cases that we're watching on the show. Uh, I think that is incorrect. It's based on a true person, not a true story. Correct. I think they took a real girl who had her own investigative journalist paper and they took a bunch of events that really happened to her and dumped them in the middle of this murder investigation. Mm. But anyway, I still thought it was great. So thumbs up for me. Yeah, binge-worthy. All right. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about uh, Mindy Kaling's Never Have I Ever, which is on Netflix. And it is a coming-of-age high school comedy drama. Well, mostly a comedy. I only watched the pilot because I've seen 5,000 coming-of-age stories. And this one's decent. I like the culturalness of it. But I've just seen it a bunch. And it didn't... There wasn't anything, a hook and that really... done better, to be honest. Yeah, there wasn't a hook that really grabbed me. So, Yusin, go ahead. You talk. Uh, I, you know, I already said it. You know, I've seen it done better. I, w- I don't mind, you know, same same car, new paint. Um, if the ride is fun, you know what I mean? Um, I just made that up right in my head. I, <laughs> I really don't. I, I really, I was like talking. I'm going. I don't know where this. I don't know where this uh, analogy is going. I mean, this um, metaphor is going. Um, yeah, you know, sure. As as a Asian American woman, uh, rep- representation is great. Um, but uh, it's just, and I really am a huge fan of Mindy, Mindy Kaling. It's got Mindy Kaling all over it, and I don't mean just because the lead is an Indian girl. Although even her mannerisms and her line readings, um, I've got to wonder if you know whoever cast her, and I'm sure Mindy had a big say about it, if not you know a whole say in it. She probably saw a lot of herself in this in this character. I'm mean, not the character, but the actual actor. Um, because the beats are the same and the mannerisms and it works for Mindy Kaling, but I don't need to see a mini, mini version of her, mini me version of her, um, unless the show is like really funny. Um, it's, you know, it's got the requisite awkwardness and, you know, this and that. I just wanted to like this show so much more than I did. It is not a terrible show, um, but it is. 
Yeah, it's not, but it's just not good either. You know, it's just really average. And when you've got something that we've seen, like you said, this many times, um, I don't even particularly have taken a liking to any of the characters. The boy heart heartthrob, uh, you know, is supposed to be Japanese um, and he's half Japanese. And we've talked about this off camera. I don't have a problem. It's it would be really interesting to, to deal with the biracial aspect of it. But, you know, Hollywood loves to cast, you know, half uh, you know, Asian people or half black people or half whatever you want to call it and just seemingly pass them off as whole, which, okay, fine. I'm not going to get into that right now. But he he's not particularly, he's got a nice body. There's no doubting that. But he's not particularly charismatic. I don't particularly like the lead. So there's not, and there are some funny moments, you know, but uh, and I will end with this. I think it's, I thought it was a really weird choice as a huge, huge tennis fan. It was a bizarre choice to have uh, John McEnroe. <laughs> yes. He liked doing so a voiceover. Weird. So weird. And the voiceovers uh, in, in general are annoying. You know what I mean? And he's a character. So, you know, it's interesting. And he even says throughout the voiceover, you're probably wondering why I'm doing this. It'll all become clear later. It'll all become clear later. So when it does become clear later, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I was, was like, like yeah. I was, yeah, I was like, that's not a payoff. So I don't think I'll be watching this show. I think I'll probably watch Parks and Rec. You know, I'm looking for a really good comedy, and this is not it. Yeah, that's about how I felt. Anybody yeah. else bother to watch it? I watched it last night. Um, I liked it more than you guys. I'm not going to say it's. I'm not going to say it's the best thing ever, and you're you're totally right. There there is a lot of these type of shows. Um, I did like the John McEnroe thing because I like. It's just interesting because I I like, you know, McEnroe of course is known for his his uh, temper tantrums, his 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 toxic behavior with, uh, with refs and stuff, and of course they show that. And actually, I kind of liked the connection with the with with the lead with that she herself has the same issue. Which she throws the chemistry book out the window and everything. Actually, I, liked that. I was like, oh, that's. The, I was like, okay, that's the connection and everything. Um, I, I'm not. Look, I'm certainly not saying it's, it's amazing. But wait, what? It just, I get it, but it seemed forced. It really did. Well, and I'm I, a huge, that, I mean, you know. I was fine with that. I mean, because she's, because she, she of her three friends, she, through the whole thing, she seems to have more of a temper than the other two. So I thought that fit, like, um, and I enjoyed, you're right. I mean, I enjoyed seeing the diverse cast. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really disagreeing with you. I guess my thing is more, I'm like, when it ended, uh, I watched it right before I went to bed last night, so it was kind of late. But when it ended, I was like, well, I would watch the next episode of this. So I I might keep going. Um, and I do, like you guys said, I do like Mindy Kaling. Um, this feels like, is this basically supposed to be like sort like of her life? Yeah, I feel like it's it her life. Yeah, like it. it seems like it. She wrote yeah. a book. So maybe if we'd read the book, we'd be like, oh, yeah, this is her autobiography. I don't know. But even if it's not officially it's got to echo it in so many ways. You know what I mean? Oh, so, oh. you know, I, I just want to say this one last thing, though. I I think that the show, I mean, I guess I'm saying the same thing. The show has a lot of potential. And I here's what I will say. Peter, please keep watching. Tell me if it gets better, and I'll jump back on the train. All, All right. right. We got to wrap, we, we wrap it up. All right. Uh, I think it's sort of thumb sideways on that one. 
Next up, we're going to talk about Hollywood, which premiered on Netflix. And I will say this. I, all you guys said you are going to watch it. I watched the trailer, and I was like, nah, that's not my <laughs> show. Uh, what did you guys think? Oy vey. Okay. Let Tom go first. Okay, go ahead, Tom. I watched part one of the, the pilot, the two-hour pilot. In, in you know two segments so I watched part one and it was a little eyebrow raising but I was I kind of like you know the, the actors seem to be amiable for the most part and then I got to part two and he's doing this weird alternate reality version of Hollywood and I'm like no it's just I mean it was just it was jarring you're not Quentin Tarantino, and I, and I still have issues with with the third act of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even though it's probably my favorite Tarantino film. But this just felt wrong in so many ways to do this weird alternate version of Hollywood history, where like blacks, <laughs> where blacks and Asians and other make advances that don't really happen in real life till you know much much later, and it was just. No. Yeah, you, you know, I I'll say this, Tom. Also, I honestly, I I I went in really excited because I love a good period piece. The costumes are fine. Um, the casting is great. Everyone's very pretty. Um, and they're dressed to the nines and the hair. I mean, it's not inventive or interesting. Uh, costuming. It's just correct for the period. You know, it's very shiny. Um, it reminded me a little bit of um, oh, what's that show with Peggy? Uh, Cap's Mad girlfriend. What, what? What? Oh, Agent Carter. Agent Carter. It no, because it was a little more cartoonish than that. Mad Men is 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 you know the cooler colors and the shot cool uh, you know, um, and the costumes were more I, I think if gritty is the right word. Um, this is like a little cartoonish. You know what I mean? Every aspect of the period, the ties are real sharp, and the this and the you know, and the costumes are all um, you know got boas and this you know. So no. But, but um, so I was very excited. Unlike um, Libya, I was I was the exact opposite. I thought, oh, gosh, I hope this is really good. And the first episode absolutely was decent. It set up kind of the characters and the this and that, whatever. They jumped right into the plot. The lead character turns into a gigolo, you know, and like so there was no waiting around, no getting to know all the characters. So I like that. Just jump us right in. But Peter, I think you said you only watched the first episode, right? Yeah, I only saw the first episode, and I heard yeah. I had heard I heard mixed. Wait, what? About the first episode or the second? I, uh, I think the reviews I was seeing was it was mixed about the season or what or however many episodes they saw. But I didn't want to read too much, so I I thought the pilot. I think you. I, I like what you're saying about the costumes, though, because I absolutely would not put this on the level of like Mad Men. But yeah. I see what you're saying where, I mean, it is, Ryan, you know, with the exception of, I would say, Pose, which technically Ryan Murphy just produces. He's not like the writer or the showrunner or anything. I do think that Ryan Murphy likes to lean into more over-the-top American Horror Story. Exactly. Glee, exactly. Like, so it kind of fits. I was like, oh, that's why everything is kind of yeah. exaggerated. Um, so I don't, So I don't really know about what the big what the alternate universe thing is that Tom's talking about, except for what he just said, because that's not really in the pilot. 
I will stand on that because I agree so much. It's just that it, I mean, it really seemed like a fantasy sequence, kind of like the third act of, of, of um, the Tarantino once upon film. A time. Yeah, once upon a time. It just, they presented it with no, I mean, no tongue in cheek, no nothing. If this were kind of like a, um, you know, like a, oh God, what's a Rosalind Russell, Cary Grant, you know, his girl Friday, you know, where, or Hutsucker Proxy, where it's a little bit more like, um, you know, unrealistic and kind of hyper, you know, uh, you know, characters and talking fast and blah, blah, blah. Like maybe it would have worked, but it just, and I never use this word. I never use it. Uh, I hate when people use it. So, you know, don't yell at me, but it, it seemed a little social justice warrior. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the characters were so unrealistically interacted with, portrayed, you know, their hopes and dreams. Like they didn't have those hopes and dreams back then, the minority characters, you know what I mean? And it just, I just felt like this, this is, there's no way that they're going to present this as reality. And they just very much do so. So I'm not going to stop watching the show because it's, it's fun to look at. Everyone's pretty, you know, it's just a kind of, um, a behind the scenes kind of look about uh, you know Hollywood and the struggles and this and that. It's it's a light show to me. Boy. It's not going to be remotely pretty, but it's I think it's fun enough for now. But Tom is completely right. It's lost any sort of legitimacy and reality in the second episode because it's a really Pollyanna, um, bright rainbows and unicorn version of of minorities in Hollywood. It does not read at all Boy, as me, true. I guess. Wait, let me ask. Okay, wait. In in the pilot, there is a young black gay male who wants to be a writer, or he is a writer, but he's not really professional. And he's but he says when they're at, of course, with the famous Schwab's pharmacy, he Uh says to the main character, "Oh, you know, there's no way they're never going to hire a black writer." And I was like, "Well, I mean, this is (laughs) like this is the '30s or whatever." Guess what happens in episode two? Wait, so you're saying that that change? Okay, so like, all right, like, so I guess what the Tarantino thing is, his alternate history is more like, his alternate history is like a famous thing that you know about, or famous people. So this, so you're saying, he's not a real writer, he's fictional, but you're saying the progressiveness is what's alternate history. Correct. Guys, guys, we gotta wrap this up, we gotta wrap this up. Interesting. Uh, okay, I mean, yeah, I still check if out. you like the first episode, yeah, watch the second, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. And then you can either disregard the lack of reality, or you can, like me, just be like, whatever. This isn't going to be realistic. Last thing, I want to, I want to emphasize this because this is very, this is absolutely stereotypical of what we're talking about, or very clear. Um, he kisses his girlfriend. Uh, the half Filipino director kisses his all black girlfriend in public, and she makes. Uh, the quickest aside of, or, or the quickest comment to him, like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And he's like, and then he has a comment to a, his black friend slash co-writer or whatever. He he was like, oh, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, times are a-changing. Uh, no, they're not. Not in the 40s. You know what I mean? I was like, uh, what are you talking about, dude? He was like, ah, you know, it's accepted in, in some places, not everywhere, but times are a-changing. Guys, and I was guys, like, we gotta wrap nope. it up. We gotta wrap it up. All right, done, done. All right. Um, so I guess they're saying you guys who that sounds great, check it out. Uh, I will not be checking it out. Another Ryan Murphy hot mess. Yeah, let's move on. Next up, we're gonna talk about Upload, which is on Amazon Prime and it's starring Robbie Amell, the slightly prettier Amell, I guess. I don't know, depends on how you look at it. Uh, because I'm like. <laughs> 
Because uh, Steven, I think he's hot, but mostly his body, and he's tough. And Robbie <laughs> is more not tough. He's cute. He's cute, yeah. So anyway, uh, this was actually a lot of fun because it started off like a goofy sort of fun, super futuristic. This is what, if you have enough, it talks about basically corporate, you know, greed and and relationships. It does a lot of stuff in the first episode, and then he ends up. It's like the the just the idea of you going to the hospital, and they're like, "Do you want a chance surgery, or just want to just upload yourself?" And I was like, "That's a horrible choice," you know. And then when you see him get uploaded, it was hilariously violent. Like that was that cracked me up. But okay, was he supposed to be decapitated, or was that an accident? No, that was that was supposed to happen. Yes. Okay. Yes, they just didn't know that. That's not something. That's not something they advertise. They don't tell people <laughs> that when you get uploaded, your head gets exploded and evaporated. Um. Because the guy, like, puts the, the pail of ice, and he's like, what's that for? He's like, storage. I was like, dude, storage of your body. But I didn't know his head was going to get blown up. And then later on, they tell him, you know, well, if we get advanced, you know, advancement, we'll just put you back. And I was like, no, they're not. Like, they're lying to him in his afterlife. Um, so, but the afterlife, I like that there were all these glitches and things like that even though he's paying for the premium package and then his girlfriend because she paid for it he doesn't have any passwords so he can't buy anything and it's hilarious i was just like wow plus she wants to force them to have to communicate regularly (laughs) right and she's like she's like i love you and he goes we didn't say that she's like yeah i didn't want to scare you away so now i don't have to worry about it and i was like that's creepy (laughs) you know all the things but then i also like that they added in the possibility, very real possibility that he was murdered. Oh, it's not a possibility. Yeah, he's 100% murdered. And so you have a murder mystery in the middle of this comedy, sort of. So I really, it's so much fun. The show is just so much fun. I find it fascinating that there are so many shows in the last couple of years about afterlife things. There's this, there's The Good Place, which just ended its run. There was the one with... um, Fred Armisen and uh, Maya Rudolph, which I can't remember the yeah, name I was of. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. It it, it, it was on Amazon, hmm. but I I just think it's interesting that you know this is in the zeitgeist right now. Yeah, and it's re- I really like this. This was this is a I'm not going to say it's happy exactly, but no. it's it's a lot of it's a really fun show. It's funny. It's got. Uh, uh, and, and the way they're even dealing with his murder, at least right now, is it's still light. You know, it's still there. It still has a lightness to it. And mm-hmm. since Zoe's playlist has gotten all depressing and dark <laughs> and is not helping me out there, I'm, I think Upload's going to be my show for a little bit. Oh, there's only one more episode this season of Zoe, so. Yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure the dad's going to die. I don't appreciate that. Oh, don't. Well, we had that great scene between... Uh... Mary Steenburgen and, and uh, oh, jeez, Into the Woods. Yeah. Um, but Bernadette I mean, Peters. Yeah, but I, it was not happy, was my point. And so I'm it, saying... No, it wasn't a happy scene, but it no. was but it was a, a, a great scene with two veteran award-winning actors talking about substantial matters. But no, yeah. I, I, I really, I was surprised how much I had no, you know, Libya told me to watch it, so I did. And the pilot was double-length, which I wasn't counting on. So I'm like, this thing is going on forever. 
but um, but it's it's it, it has that really interesting tension of being funny, but then you have this dark portent of you know obviously he was murdered. And that's gonna the murder mystery is going to become more it, prominent right. because people are deleting files from uh, our female lead's computer concerning and his memories. I like memories. her a lot too. I, She's I think, terrific. Yeah, I like the female lead. She I reminds like... me of mm-hmm. the lead uh, of um, the lead of the good fight. Uh, have you seen the good fight yet? No, so I don't know who you're talking about. But okay. I, I just I, I think she's a strong lead, um, and I, I like how the interactions, like when she's in VR. Oh, and I like when he was called. She was like, "Call me Angel," and so he's calling her Angel, and then he called her, and it was like some dude eating chips showed up like the next time, and he's like, <laughs> "Whoa, who the heck are you?" And he's like, "Oh, she's off shift. It's my shift now." And I was like, wow. There's that sweet moment in episode two where she's trying to get her dad. You know, she's trying to get a special oh, prize for her dad do, getting yeah, in. Yeah. Like and her dad getting... doesn't want to, but to get the to get this employee discount, she's gotta have this specific rate like a five point zero rating. Yeah. Star rating. And then these these this bratty kid, because he died as a kid, and his best friend when he was a kid is now 18, and he doesn't want, you know, he wants to get laid. He doesn't want to, you know, hang around with a dead five-year-old. But, well, he's um, 11, but yes, still. Or 11, whatever. But he, he gives her three stars, and somebody else who's being a twit gives her three stars. And so uh, R- Robbie Amell's character just calls her up and then just gives her five stars for nothing. But Yeah, a bunch of times. I think that was it's kind cool. of really sweet that they're... Yeah. That they're falling in love, even though he's basically dead. Yeah, I think that or, is really interesting because he obviously know. didn't love his girlfriend. Oh no, she's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> she's awful. So, guys, highly recommend. Give it a shot. Amazon Prime, and then Wait, can I can I say something? Oh, you saw it? Okay, go ahead. Yes. So I watched the pilot, and um, I also enjoy this. Of course, I love. Um, yes, it's not only the afterlife thing, it's what I also see is kind of like the, um, uh, whatchamacallit, the kind of, um, video game quality of like, oh, you know, yeah, the, VR. well, yeah, it's like the hotel. He's like, oh, well actually, cause, cause you know, I've been, I'm playing an online game right now and I'm like, oh, this is so much that he's like, well, I don't see everybody. He's like, well, actually like there's these servers and it's like, there's only so many people that can be at one thing. Oh, but there's some frame rate problem. Like all that stuff. I was like, Oh, this is pretty good. I like Robbie ML. My only tiny thing I want to say is that I don't know if it's exactly like Tom with his Harley Quinn issue. Cause this isn't really a show made for kids, but there is something about some of the Amazon prime shows, the boys and this where, there is a uh, there's a thing for like kind of kind of like what I see is kind of crass humor that I don't really like. And there's a scene in it where he goes to a urinal and he realizes <laughs> because it's a video game, no matter what direction he goes, he's still going to make he's still going to be able to pee. Right. So and it, and it goes on for a while. It really does. It yeah. does. Yeah, like. So like well, the only thing, and then he was like, "Am I the first guy to try that?" And I was like, "Of course not. It's a dude thing." And the guy's like, "No, you're not the first one to do this." And I was like, "Of course he's not. It is a dude. It is a childish guy yeah. thing to do, and a guy would totally do it. 
But you're right. I Tom think Rye the scene did it. go on just a little too long. Opry would do it. I don't think Greg would do it. Like, but well, you know, I don't I mean, know. I don't know what you guys <laughs> do in urinals. I, I would not do that. So. But, anyway, but anyways, look. While I, we're being recorded, I would not <laughs> about doing such a thing. Uh, but, but look, the main thing is, I like Robbie, and I like I like the woman playing Angel. I'm I like when she basically t- talks him off the ledge. You know, the torrent thing. So I liked the pilot, yes, and so I will keep watching. I liked it more than the boys so far, but there is like I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say you guys are all liking it, which is good, but there is some crass humor that I was a little like, bah, why? I'm like, <laughs> but that's it. But, uh, it is, it is Greg Daniels who did King of the Hill in the Office. So, all right, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Well, let's wrap this up. I think we're saying thumbs up for this. Oh yeah. All right, and you guys have any questions or comments, let them to tvcampfire gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to us on kidthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. 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 Bye.